Listener Production. Giant wombats and lizards that are seven metres long. Hey, I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. And today we're talking about megafauna with Cosmos Magazine journalist Evram Yasmin. So megafauna are those humongous animals and mammals that used to roam around the earth. We look at why animals used to be so big and how Australia has some of the biggest and weirdest ones in history. So Evram, exactly how many big fluffies, and I'm talking big, huge, gigantic fluffies, roamed Australia? And also by fluffies, I just mean big animals, right? Right. Well, I don't have a specific number for you, but it was a lot. And it wasn't just fluffies, of course, the scientific name of which is mammals. Sure. Uh, But there were other big animals with scales and feathers and the like. And scientifically, we call these large creatures megafauna. Because they're big fauna? (laughs) Basically, megafauna are any animal with a body mass of over 40 kilograms. There are megafauna still alive today, lions and elephants. But the largest megafauna roamed every continent, not just Australia, for millions of years. And they started to die out during the final stages of the last ice age, some 50,000 to 10,000 years ago, around the time that humans spread across the planet. Coincidence? Suspicious. (laughs) There were almost 200 species of megafauna which disappeared across the globe that we know about from the fossil record. And the reason they went extinct makes for one of the greatest scientific mysteries of our time. Oh. There are some theories, though, things like predation by humans, but also I think a large part would have been climate change uh, or a mixture of factors, but we never really properly got to the bottom of it. Now, I want to ask a really basic question here, Evram. Mm-hmm. Why a megafauna so big? <laughs> it may be a basic question, but it's a really good one, uh, and it's one that we don't have a simple answer to either. There are a few different theories about this as well. Large birds and mammals in particular began to emerge after the extinction of the non-avian dinosaurs about Mm -hmm. 66 million years ago. They were able to fill what was now an empty ecological niche left behind by the world's most famous giant animals. Excellent giant animals. But specifically... Why, I guess you could ask, were the Ice Age giants of the last few hundred thousand years so big? Being big would have helped as Earth's climate cooled. Large bodies are better at insulating and can store more fat reserves. Mm -hmm. But some scientists say they were so big because they also had to evolve to compete with others to survive. Another is because there was more oxygen and space on Earth uh, due to massive undeveloped land masses. So basically, they had more room to grow, very literally. And breathing is metabolization. So if you're able to take in more oxygen and metabolize more, then you can take in more energy and get bigger. Sure. But exactly why has never been fully established. What we do know is that ancient Australia had some of the weirdest animals of all. And there were five particularly notable huge animals, megafauna, that roamed Australia that I want to talk to you about. Evram, I am so excited, but where do we even start? Who should we go with to kick this giant list off? The best way to start is perhaps the most iconic. This megafauna is called Diprotodon. (gasps) Yeah. You know about this? Is that the really, really big wombat? It's the giant wombat. (laughs) They were the largest marsupials ever to live, about the size of a car, 
at shoulder height, they would have been about 1.7 metres and they were about four metres from head to tail, weighing around three tonnes. That's huge. (laughs) They were huge, but they were kind herbivores. Mm. What also set these giant wombats apart is that they are the only known marsupial to have made seasonal migrations. Oh. Yeah, they would have set out and trekked through a wide range of habitats in large herds of usually just females to look for food and water. Well, it's nice that they were nice herbivores. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if they're going to be the biggest, mm-hmm. you want them to be pretty friendly. However, I think the next one you're going to tell us about is like a big, scaly boy. What can you tell us about this megafauna? Yeah, so you're right. This one is the other end of the scary versus nice scale. It is a giant lizard called Megalania. Oh, cute. It would have been the largest terrestrial lizard known to have existed. And after the dinosaurs, it was the world's largest reptile. These could get over six meters long. And just for comparison, it was 20 times heavier than the average Komodo dragon. Oh, and they seem scary as is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're the world's biggest lizard currently alive, living on the Indonesian island of Komodo. And Megalania would also have been 10 times bigger than the largest Komodo dragon to have ever existed. Oh, nope. Yep. Uh, Megalania is considered a monitor lizard, which are known for their large claws, long necks, and powerful tails. It would, of course, have been carnivorous. You know, how could you be that big and scary and not? And it was found mostly across eastern Australia. Now, legend has it that there is a Megalania still roaming the forests of Victoria today. Evan, what are you doing on the weekend? I'm going there. (laughs) Can we go look for this giant lizard? It's terrifying. (laughs) How fast can you run? (laughs) Faster than you. Damn. Um, They may also have been venomous. The jury is still out on that one. If we find one, we can find out. Yeah, we'll test it. Yeah. It's part of a particular clade of lizards that are known to have possessed toxin-secreting oral glands. They're also close relatives to snakes. So yes, maybe some toxic abilities there. The evidence also suggests that it was the largest venomous animal to have ever lived. Okay, so I hate that one, but we can't go on a megafauna chat without mentioning at least one bird megafauna species. Also, I think emus are kind of scary, so I'm not into this yet, but I don't know, (laughs) change my mind. Which one have you chosen? I've chosen basically an emu, just (laughs) a swole (laughs) emu, basically, is what I've gone for. (laughs) Nightmare. The one I've gone with is called Dramornis stiatoni, or just Dramornis. Just Dramornis for short. It's widely thought to have been the largest bird species to have ever existed. Wow. Dramornis lived 7 million years ago, stood 3 metres tall, and weighed in at 600 kilograms. Too big. That's too big. I mean, it's called Thunderbird for a reason. (laughs) You can just imagine why this huge beast wandering around Australia would have made quite the noise. Thunderbird seems about right. Dramornis was also flightless. They roamed northwest Queensland, and some interesting research has looked into why they went extinct. Some studies of the microstructure of Dramornis fossil bones suggests that their large size and breeding cycle just couldn't keep up with environmental changes, such as inland Australia becoming hotter and drier. Right. The study indicates that it took a long time for the birds to fully grow and reach sexual maturity, up to 15 years. Okay, so next, a huge, chunky ancestor or maybe cousin of the kangaroo? Uh Uh-huh. So this one's called Procoptodon. 
this was the largest macropod to ever lived. Uh, a macropod is just a term used to describe marsupials like kangaroos and wallabies. These ones would have been two meters tall, 200 kilo plus kangas that also disappeared sometime around 50,000 years ago. Based on fossil recreations, it doesn't have the same long snout that you might see on a modern day kangaroo. So it was also called the short-faced kangaroo. It seems unkind, but... <laughs> well, think of it like a kangaroo that's run into a wall and just been smooched. Ah, like the pug of the kangaroo kingdom. Exactly. Even though it's a distant relative to the kangaroo, there's quite a bit of ambiguity surrounding how it might have moved and whether or not it could actually hop. Oh. So it probably couldn't hop in large part due to its size, but also because of the mobility of its hips and joints, which just would have stopped it from hopping. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a truck can't hop either. So like, I'm not super surprised. But obviously, Procoptodon cousins like kangaroos and wallabies, and my favorite little pal, the yellow-footed rock wallaby, could hop. Are they superior or did they outlive the megafauna because of that? Yeah, it's probably that they were able to hop away super fast, especially Mm -hmm. from predators that, you know, wallabies and kangaroos outlived the Procoptodon, which couldn't do this. And maybe just walked or potted about. Maybe it rolled around. (laughs) It rolled around indeed. It's kind of a funny visual to imagine a kangaroo just pacing around, even funnier to imagine it rolling. Just rolling around. Anyway, lastly, Evram. A bit of a scary one, not to say that giant lizards and birds and kangaroos just sort of roaming the earth wouldn't have been terrifying, Mm -hmm. but this is one you surely wouldn't want to run into unless you had a giant wombat to hide behind. (laughs) Definitely not. So this was a marsupial lion called Thylacoleo. It was a bit of a mashup of features. It weighed more than 100 kilograms, uh, was roughly the size of a modern-day jaguar. Okay. But unlike the jaguar, it was a pouched marsupial and related to other mammals like the kangaroo, koala, and extinct thylacine. Their jaw is also estimated to be the most powerful of any mammal to have ever existed. Great. They also had hooked claws that were retractable, which is a unique feature to them as no other marsupials have this. As in like... Wolverine from X-Men? Or a cat. Or a cat. That's, that's, <laughs> that's far more obvious. Yes. Cat. Good. Yes. Yeah. They were more likely an ambush predator than a pursuit hunter. And they probably lived alongside the early human inhabitants of Australia, which is quite a scary thought. You know, Terrifying. a supersized Tasmanian devil lurking ready to ambush you. Ugh. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard-hitting commentary from Sophie. That's right. Just like, no, it feels icky. Okay. So, Evram, other than learning about some massive and somewhat frightening-sounding creatures or mm-hmm. low-key terrifying that used to walk around ancient Australia, what can we actually learn from megafauna? I imagine it gives us insight into the animals and mammals we see today, maybe? Definitely. I mean, we've learned a lot already. I mean, I've just given you five of Australia's megafauna, some of the biggest, some of the scariest. Mm -hmm. But Australia had a huge array of animals that are now extinct. And, you know, there were beasts roaming all over the planet. And finding out why they went extinct is still a very important unanswered question, especially today, given that it's thought that many of them died out due to changes in the climate. With current changes in the climate, 
potentially contributing to modern day creature extinctions. You know, there is this weird parallel to the situation today and finding out what caused the mass extinctions of the megafauna can help us understand what's taking place today. Evram Yazgin is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. As always, you can read more of Evram's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. And hey, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or just catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.